Amen. Thank you for that song this morning. If you would, let's stand this morning. Turn your Bibles to the first book in your Bible, Genesis. Genesis chapter number 13. <clears throat> And thinking about our upcoming family conference, and of course our theme for the year, the Lord led me to this message this morning, choose a direction. Choose a direction. A couple of quick things. Uh, we, uh, I meant to mention this earlier this morning, but the uh, Call to Glory devotional books that we normally get, a lot of you folks enjoy those. <clears throat> we didn't change the order, but when they sent them this month, Undoubtedly, they thought we were all Spanish-speaking, and so they, they spent, uh, sent, uh, sent every last one of them in, in Spanish. And so if you uh, are here and you have the gift of tongues, you might enjoy it. And those of you that don't, like me, uh, you, you maybe you can use a translator or something. And uh, we put a call in, but they haven't called us back, so if we, if we get the ones in English, we'll, we'll get them to you. And then uh, also wanted to mention <clears throat> this morning that if you are in our care group, uh, before you slip away from here today, uh, we do have um, a map and directions to our house that we'd like to give to you to make sure that no one uh, loses their way. And then Brother Guy asked me to mention a lot of times the first Saturday of every month, <clears throat> we usually have a men's prayer breakfast, but because of the Pulse outreach and the breakfast that we're having there, instead of you men coming together as men, come for the breakfast and go out soul winning. Amen. Amen. That was pretty weak, but we're going to do it anyway, all right? And so uh, we won't have the men's prayer breakfast, but I hope every man that comes for men's prayer breakfast will be here for that Pulse Outreach, all right? Genesis chapter number 13 this morning, and uh, we'll take a look here at a couple of verses in this chapter, and I hope that God will use the message as he's used it in my heart as I prepared this week. Genesis 13, beginning in verse number 8, the Bible says, in Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be, what's that word? Brethren. Brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and behold, all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abram, notice, dwelled in the land of Canaan, Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Pray that you'd bless the message this morning. Lord, help us to understand how important it is to choose the right direction. Lord, may we let you choose for us instead of we choosing ourselves. Lord, help us to see the truth this morning and respond to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. <clears throat> they say that often in our lives that 
we make little decisions. But those little decisions have big consequences as time goes on. I think about how many times I'll make some decision that I think, well, it's not that big. It's not a big decision. But I see the end of it years later. Looking back, I wish I would have decided differently. Somebody said years ago, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. That's the way sin works. In our Bibles, as you started, and I hope that if you started reading your Bible from Genesis 1 at the beginning of the new year, I hope you're past Genesis 13. But by the time you get to Genesis chapter number 12, you come across this man who still, here in the Word of God, is called Abram. Later, his name would become Abraham. But we find here that Abraham has been called of God from the country to go to that land that was promised by God. And when you come to this portion that we look at today, we, we get our first glimpse, we hear, first of all, about a man by the name of Lot. Now again, the Bible has some things to say. One thing we do know is that Lot is the nephew of Abraham that traveled with him to Canaan. <clears throat> it's interesting when I look this week, the name Lot. I, I always like to look to see what a name means. And the name Lot means a pebble. It was a small stone that was used in what they called casting lots. Uh, in the New Testament, there's various ways that uh, they use things uh, even at the feet of Jesus to cast lots. Now, the Hebrews, when they heard this name Lot, it was one that always resorted to by the Hebrews it had a very strict reference to the interposition of God and a method of knowing the divine will of God. Isn't that interesting? The name Lot is connected with knowing the divine will of God. And certainly we see here today that Lot was one in his life that like so many made worldly choices. He chose the things of this world instead of the things of God. Those choices were ones that he made, even though, and this is where a lot of us got to understand this, even though he had a godly uncle that cared about him and wanted what was best for him, he still made worldly choices. And this morning, I want us to look at what the role at direction plays in our lives. I think to myself, and I was talking to Dr. Getch years ago when I was out at the other ministry where he's still at in California. I traveled for that ministry for many years, and when we would go out, I would go to about 70, 80 different churches. We were in a different church every day of the week for about three months solid. That's a lot of traveling. And what they would do is they would hand us a three-inch binder, three-ring binder, a three-inch thick binder. And somebody had painstakingly gone onto the computer and put in 
the first address and the second address on Google Maps and printed it off. So it would take you from this church to the next church. Now, how many of you think we might have a few stops along the way? We might have to stop for gas. We might have to stop for food. We might have to go to a post office. In other words, they took us from point A to point B, but there was no direction in between. I can't tell you how many times I would pull off the highway looking for something and drive around and around and around that city and many times never found what I was looking for. Then one day I had a friend of mine, I was with him in his car, we were out in the, in the area where we were at there in California, and we were driving along and there was something on his dashboard and I said, what is that? And he said, that's a GPS. I said, what's a GPS? And he says, he's, he began to describe it to me and I said, really? So we were driving around and all of a sudden this woman's voice came on and said, turn left on, and they never pronounced the street names right. Did you ever notice that? And I said, so this little device, you put in where you want to go so that you don't make any wrong turns. And he goes, yeah. Now he says occasionally, not often. You ever been led astray by a GPS? One time we were going to a church. We, we were in the middle of nowhere. And I'm looking around going, there is no church here. And it led us astray. But I'm so glad because I remember after we got a bunch of those, we got one for each vehicle. Boy, did it save us time. Boy, could we find everything. I mean, it was a great thing to have direction in life. And yet I see so many people who wander around aimlessly or head in the wrong direction. Direction plays an important role. And I want you to see a few things about Lot's life that hopefully you and I can learn this morning from this man's life in the Word of God. Notice, first of all, his direction, Lot's direction. Look back in chapter number 13. The Bible says in verse number 10, the Bible records, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. I want you to see the direction that Lot had in his life. Notice, first of all, his direction was away from a spiritual man. God put Abraham or Abram, his uncle, in his life. Aren't you glad that God has put some spiritual people in your life? Now listen, they're there for a reason. They're there because they love you, they care about you, they want to help you so that you choose the right direction. Somebody said nearness is likeness. God put an uncle in Lot's life, but Lot chose to go away from a spiritual man. But notice the other part of his direction is as he was going away from a spiritual man, he was going toward a wicked city. The Bible says in verse number uh, 10 again that he saw the well-watered plains. I mean, here he was at... He, he, Abraham was there in his life, and Abraham said, look, uh, you know, there's so many of us. He says, I don't want there to be any strife between us. He says, certainly we can all find a place. And we see here that he looks towards, he looked down to the Jordan Valley. It was well watered. It was lush. It was a great spot. And when you study it out, 
you actually find that there were in this valley five little cities, and among those cities were two cities known as Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot was intrigued when he saw the well-watered plain, and he was intrigued with the thought of prosperity and popularity. You know, I love the John the Baptist. John the Baptist said this, he must increase and I must decrease. Lot saw this plane. He thought, boy, I can make some money down there. I can make a name for myself down there. See, the problem was his direction was away from that which was spiritual and it was towards something that was wicked. He was intrigued. And I think of how many men and women, and I guess I could say Christian men and women, who have set their sights on a wrong direction. They focus their life strongly on their careers, on how they can better themselves and their own personal desires in life. And listen, it's one thing to look, but you remember what Lot did? He pitched his tent. I love camping. And when I go camping, I'm talking camping. I'm talking a tent with stakes. Uh, some of you, I know what camping is. It's a Holiday Inn Express, okay? Uh, I used to go to our men and boys camp out, and Lord willing, uh, we've got it on the calendar. I, I want to try to do a men, a men and boys camp out this year. And some of you men, listen, I, I realize, maybe because of age or whatever, we'll, uh, I understand if you can't, camp on the ground in a tent, that's fine. But I'm going to tell you, some of these guys, uh, we'd go to our, our men and boys camp out and they would drive up there in like a 26-foot motor home. And they'd pull up in the refrigerator and the air conditioner going. Some of you are thinking, that's me. That's the way I do it right there, you know. And here I am, I'm out in the tent, you know, and uh, I'm looking at them going, you have no idea what camping is at all. But Lot, listen here, when you pitch your tent, that means you're going to stay. You're there to stay. You, you like what's there. And he pitched his tent, but listen, toward Sodom. He wanted to see what was going on down there. He was intrigued by what was going, there, going on in that city. He set his direction toward it. And yet the Bible warns us, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel, uh, excuse me, that, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know what Lot was doing when he pitched his tent towards Sodom? He was standing in the way of sinners. He was looking in the wrong direction. You see, folks, that's all it takes. Listen, many times we think we're big, we're strong enough. Sometimes it just takes a first drink. Sometimes it just takes a first look, a first criticism, a wrong movie, a questionable website. My wife, I can, I can in one action... I can, I can excite her and make her angry by giving her a bag of Lay's potato chips. She loves Lay's potato chips, but she will sit there and eat the whole bag. 
it's her kryptonite, you know? And, and look, folks, I'm going to tell you, that's all it takes. You can't eat just one. And this direction that Lot had for his, his life not only meant the loss of everything that he had. Remember, listen, he and Abraham were so wealthy that they couldn't even abide together because of all that they had. He lost the wealth that he had when he went down to Sodom and Gomorrah. But he listen, he also lost the, the lives of those that were precious to him. All because of his direction. But notice, his direction led to his devotion. And that's the next step. Folks, as we're heading, somebody said it a long time ago, and I like the saying, if you are leaning in a certain direction, you'll eventually fall. And you're going to fall in the direction you're leaning. And Lot was leaning toward Sodom and Gomorrah. And notice as we think about his devotion, first of all, was for the city. Look at chapter 14 of Genesis. The Bible says there in verse number 12, and they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, notice this statement, who dwelt in what city? Come on, are you verse number 12, chapter 14. They took Abram's Lot's brother's son, who dwelt in what? Sodom and his goods and departed. When you come to chapter 14, here's what you find. He no longer has his tent pitched towards Sodom. He's now living. He's taken up residence in Sodom. There's a big difference between being somewhere and pitching your tent, looking towards it, and now you're living there. And when I came here, I had California driver's license and California license plates. And now I have a Florida license plate and a Florida's driver's license. Now some people continue to drive around illegally with out-of-state plates here, unless you're out-of-state. But you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If I am somewhere, I want to be there, but I'm going to tell you one place I wouldn't want to be is in Sodom. But that's what Lot chose for himself. He chose because he was devoted to that city. That simple direction, how that Abraham says, look, you choose. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you choose to the left, I'll go to the right. And he chose the well-watered plains, and that was the direction that he chose. Listen, that one direction, that simple direction, changed the devotion of his entire life. He was never the same man. The trouble that came upon the city of Sodom, and we know how bad it was. The trouble that came on that city had an effect on Lot and his family. The Bible tells us in chapter 14 that because he was there in that city, that Lot was taken into captivity. And as a result of being taken into captivity, we find that his uncle rescues him. Look in chapter 14, beginning in verse 13. And there came one that had escaped. And he told Abram, the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eskel, the brother of Aner, and these were counter, uh, excuse me, confederates with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, talking about Lot, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, 
he and his servants by night and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left side of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. You see that Abram rescues Lot. He had been taken captive, but here's the sad thing is that even though Lot was in Sodom, and even though he was away from the godly influence in his life, don't miss this now, and even though he had been taken into captivity and his uncle comes and rescues him, guess what Lot did? He went right back to where? Sodom. Isn't that, isn't that pathetic? Because he just couldn't get enough of what was going on there. You see, I see that he set a direction that affected his devotion and he was devoted for that city, but notice secondly, his dedication to the city. Take your Bibles and turn over to chapter 19 of Genesis. We're just following the story here this morning. Chapter 19 of the book of Genesis. Look what the Bible says here in verse number one. As you think about his dedication to the city, it says, and there came two angels to where? To Sodom at even. And Lot sat where? At the gate of Sodom. Here he is. This man that was so devoted to this city and now is dedicating his life. Look here. He has put his influence into the world. This is one of God's children. And yet we find him that he is now dedicating himself in an ele elevated place. He was in a place of prominence. Hey, listen, when you sat at the gate of the city, you heard a lot of things that were going on in the city. You deliberated. A lot of times those were people who would talk about and judge what was going on in the city. It was a place of prominence to be sitting at the gate of the city. But notice not only was he in an elevated place, he was in an evil place because the Bible tells us how very wicked this city is. Look in verse number 2, chapter 19. Here he is, the Bible says, actually in verse number 1, he sat at the gate of Sodom and Lot seeing them, those two angels. The Bible says he rose up to meet them and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. It almost Look here, it, it, I think by reading that verse that we all understand that Lot, even though he was living there and even though he was dedicated to it and even though he was devoted to it, he knew how wicked it was because I kind of sense, hey, listen, come on in. I'll, I'll put you down for the night. I'll give you something to eat. And then you got to get out of here first thing in the morning, right? That's the way I read it. In other words, you don't want to hang around here. But listen, it's okay for Lot to be there? If the place is that bad, Lot, why don't you get out? Some people just stay. They want to linger. They want to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So the Bible says in verse number 3, they pressed upon him greatly. And, he and, and notice, they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, and they just got done with their meal, before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed, they were all around the house. Notice both old 
and young. A lot of times we, we like to say, well, it's that next generation. It's those young kids. But the Bible says both old and young. It had affected, look, no age requirement. And the Bible says there they were. All the people from every quarter. I see this evil place, how these men surround his house. Listen, folks, they weren't wanting to get together like we got together today in the name of the Lord. They wanted to get together with these two strange men to defile them. You read on in the Word of God, and I think you'll see that, that they, they, they wanted what was in Lot's house. They were vile men, and these were men that had turned from the law of God and from the, the very nature of God. The Bible says that as they were pressing on them, look at verse number 5, they called unto Lot, and they said unto him, Where are the men which came unto thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. You ought to study that word there. Lot went out at the door. Again, look here. If it wasn't that bad, why did Lot go out, close the door behind him? The Bible says, Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters. This is an amazing verse in the Bible. It says, I have two daughters which have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they, after, they under the shadow of my roof. You see this verse here, how the Lot, he attempts to protect these visitors from the very perversion of the residents of this city known as Sodom. This act of Sodom, sodomy. You see a lot of people today that use words like gay and lesbian and, and other words. Folks, you don't find those words in the Bible, but you find the word Sodom, sodomy. And I, actually, this is the first time that it's used in the Word of God, and it helps us understand. Remember the word Lot? Knowing the divine will of God. If you want to know what God's heart is on this matter, here's what God calls it, an abomination. Now, folks, look. Look what the Bible says in Romans chapter number 1. For this cause, God gave them up. And here's what was going on in Sodom. Vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Likewise also, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Folks, you think about how bad things got. But it's not anything new. It's not anything new in 2018, but it was not anything new even in this day. The Bible says in Leviticus 18.22, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. You want to know what's going on in America today? You look at some of our laws and some of the things that are happening in our land. And on June the 26th, two years ago, 
2015, the United States Supreme Court ruled, the Supreme Court of our land ruled that the United States Constitution, I can't imagine that those that drafted the Constitution all those years ago saw provision for this, but they ruled that the U.S. Constitution guarantees the right for same-sex couples to marry in all 50 states now. All. Now, listen, don't get me wrong this morning. I want to be biblical. I want to be correct. But I also want you to understand the love of God. Because as God is dealing with Lot and God is dealing with this world today, we as the church... We must be prayerful in our hopes for all that are in sin to be saved. I believe that with all my heart. That God would have everyone come to repentance. That there is no one that God would not save. But listen, as a land, we are only hastening the judgment of God when we as a nation put our approval on something that God has declared in his word, to be an abomination. The sad note is, when you look back in chapter 19, I don't know if you saw it when I read it, but look at the verse again. Do you notice the word, what Lot called the evil men of Sodom? He called them brethren. That's a sad word right there, referring to these wicked men. But listen, Lot would have never known them. He would have never been devoted to them had he chose the right direction. See, Lot's direction determined his devotion that led him to a destination. And I want you to see this this morning, how sad it began to spiral out of control. Notice, first of all, his family respect was lost. Look at chapter 19 in verse number 12. The Bible says there, the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in, thy, in, in this city? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us. Notice there, look here. Don't say that my God doesn't love people. God sent two angels in to get them out. And the Bible says in verse number 14, Lot went out. Notice this verse. He spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-law, unto his sons-in-law. Do you get it this morning? Lot had lived there for so long that he looked like, act like, talked just like everybody else that lived in Sodom. He had lost the respect. They would no longer listen to him. His message spoke louder in his life by his actions. You know, they talk about a man, not Lot, but another man, that his vocabulary was mixed with Christian terms. When he spoke... Occasionally, he would mix in some Christian terminology. They said that he talked about the blessing of the Almighty and the Christian confessions, which would become the pillars of the new government. He assumed the earnestness of a 
of a man weighed down by historic responsibility. He handed out pious stories to the press. He especially, uh, to the church papers, gave some information. He showed his tattered Bible and declared that he drew the strength for his great work from the source of the Word of God and from those pious people that he welcomed uh, him as one that was sent from God. Say, it sounds pretty good. Know who the man was? Adolf Hitler. He was a master of outward religiosity with no inward reality. Lot was a man who lost the respect of those who were closest to him. Have you ever checked when you go grocery shopping? You ever look at the labels on grocery items lately? The truth is, by one report, you may be getting less than you thought. According to the U.S. News and World Report, some manufacturers are selling us the same size packages that we're accustomed to, but they're putting less of the product in the box. For example, a box of well-known detergent that once held 61 ounces now contains only 55. The same size box, less soap. How something is wrapped doesn't always show us what's on the inside. And that's true with people as well. We can wrap ourselves up in the same packaging every day, put on nice clothes, have a big smile, have a friendly demeanor about us, but still, listen, be less than what we appear to be. And that's exactly the way Lot was to his sons-in-laws and all those that knew him. Because of his direction that led to his devotion, his family respect was gone. Notice, secondly, his family friends were lost. The Bible says, Upon the wicked shall he rain snares, fire and brimstone, and in horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. I, listen, I can think of a lot of things that I'd want my life, but I can tell you right now, I would not want snares, fire, and brimstone. A lot of you think it rains bad here in Florida. That's real bad rain right there. You look at those terms there, the Hebrew word for rain literally means to rain hail. You ever heard that saying, boy, it's raining cats and dogs. You know what they're saying? It's really coming down. That's exactly the wording here that's used about Sodom when it talked about rain. The Hebrew word for snare is defined like a, a bird trap. It was a metallic sheet that was something that was pounded thin from pounding on it, and it's, it was a spring net that is spread out, and that's exactly what God did when he brought his judgment down upon this evil city is God rained down upon it. That was their fate. That was what happened to his friends. They were all lost. The Bible says in 2 Peter, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Folks, I'll be honest with you. If I've seen how badly something has happened to someone else, it's going to cause me to say, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to experience that. 
But understand, look here, we're talking about Lot's friends. You see, those angels came and said, hey, listen, you got family in this place, don't you? What about all his friends? What about all his buddies sitting in the gate? What about all those that he was on a first-name basis with? You see, his family respect was gone, but his family friends were lost. And then look at this, his family members were lost. Look what it says in verse 26. It says, but his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. They were instructed... Hey, listen, when you leave the city, don't look back. You know what it means when you want to look back? I want just a little bit more. I'm going to miss that. Oh, what about this that I had there? You ever see people on the news, like out in California, where a fire will sweep through and completely wipe out an entire area of homes? And you see these folks after the fire, and I'm listen... Some of them, I don't even believe, were Christians. And certainly their, their hearts broke because their house and everything that was in it's gone. But you always see them saying, hey, listen, I can rebuild a house. But we're still here. How much do we want to hold on to the things that we want and we don't care about, care about all the people whose lives have been touched and influenced by us? Every one of us today have friends that we could take the time to help them get out so that they would not have to see the judgment hand of God in their life someday. You see, these family friends, but it gets even closer with family members. The angels had commanded them, don't look back. The Bible says any man that's put his hand to the plow should never look back. And yet what did his wife do? The Bible says in Luke 17, 32, and it looks, wasn't just Old Testament. God preserved it in the New Testament. Three simple words. Look, we always talk about that one verse in the Bible. What's the shortest verse in the Bible? Yeah, you all know the short one, right? How many words in that verse? Two. There's a verse in the Bible that has three words. Remember Lot's. That's not the kind of testimony you want to have. That's all we remember about her. You know why? Because she just had to have another look. What's sad is that Lot was responsible because his wife would have never known what was in that city had he not gone the wrong direction. But he chose his direction, and his wife's sin was the sin of unbelief, and so his family members were lost, and then notice his family morals. You see, you thought that was the end of it, didn't you? Family respect is gone. Family friends were lost. Family members were lost, but here he is. He's outside the city of Sodom. His wife is a pillar of salt. And here's where we see it continuing to get worse. You remember how Abraham told Lot, he says, look, you choose whatever you want. He gave him the option. Look what the Bible says in chapter 19, look at verse number 30. Lot went up 
out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zoar. He dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine. We will lie with him and that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night. The firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in, and lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he perceived not that she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. Just when you thought it was worse. All because of a wrong direction. Remember I said in the beginning of the message, a little decision has big effects on our lives. All because he saw that it was well watered. We find this man, the one who needed room away from Abraham, now he's living in a cave. Here he is with his daughters. And we find that the daughters say, hey, look, let's use a little wine here and see if we can get daddy drunk. Just a little wine. The Bible says wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Just one drink. Just a little cocktail. Just social drinking. Remember what I said about the potato chips? The Bible says in Hosea 4.11, whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. Things become blurry. I'm not a doctor, I won't go into all the effects, but I will tell you some of the negative effects that I've seen of alcohol. The reflexes are slower, reduced coordination, thinking becomes warped, poor judgment, impaired memory and motor functions, and many, many, many other effects as a result of consuming alcohol. I've seen the effects on homes. I've experienced the effects on a home. And you see what goes on here. And the Bible says in Isaiah 28, 7, But they also have erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They, have, they are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. Lot's downward slide began with one wrong direction. One wrong direction. It was a choice of direction. Perhaps you're here today and maybe you've made some choices in your life that have affected your direction. The truth is, when you think about Lot, and this is what I love about God and the Word of God is this, 
that even though Lot was making poor choices, and even though Lot was choosing the world instead of the things of God, all the while that Lot was going away from God, guess what God was doing? He was still loving Lot. You see, there are people today who want to say, well, I just can't believe people are doing that and they're caught up in that kind of lifestyle. Listen, there is nowhere in my Bible that the Word of God instructs me to be hateful to anyone. We are to love everyone. For God so loved the world. Hey, listen, last time I checked, you and I aren't perfect either. Last time I checked, you and I are sinners. The only difference may be that we're sinners saved by the grace of God. And that grace that's been bestowed on us is grace that's freely available to everybody. Doesn't matter what they're caught up in. You know what? God loves them. And because God loves them, guess what we are to do? We are to love them. Look at these verses. I read verse 6 a minute ago, but look at 2 Peter chapter 2. I want you to see these verses, how God was loving backsliding Lot. The Bible says, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned with them and overthrow. A lot of people are like, yeah, let them have it. That's what they ought to get. But look what the rest of it says. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversations of the wicked. For that righteous man, notice God's words, not mine. That righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous, that's the second time God said that, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Bible says that Lot's soul was vexed. It was, listen, continually troubled. Comes two angels. Oh, here, hurry up, go to sleep. Let me get you some food. Get you out of here. Guys are knocking at the door. Hey, listen, go away, go away. There's nobody in here. And then finally he opens the door. He, He steps out, shuts the door behind him. Hey, listen, they're not here. I don't know who you're talking about. He knew what was going on, and he still chose to stay. He vexed his soul. Are you troubled this morning? Can I tell you this morning, you don't have to be troubled. You can have peace in your soul. The Bible says that Jesus is our peace, who hath made both one. He's broken down the middle wall of partition between us, and God says, I call Brother Chris put the verse up there, and I looked at that, and I thought, that's awesome, because I had that verse right here in my message this morning, and you read it. Here it is. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. God says, therefore, notice, he says, choose life. He didn't say, make the choice. He says, choose. Sometimes I ask people, do you want to go to heaven someday? And I've actually had some people say, no, I want to go to hell. No, you don't. No, you don't. Sodom is a little glimpse of the judgment of God. The Bible tells us here that, listen, it's so important that we understand the direction. Somebody said, it's not the direction of the wind that determines your destination. It is the set of your sails. 
I'm so glad that many years ago that there was a man that came and he spent some time on this earth and this is where he ended. He lived a perfect life. He never did one thing wrong. His direction. God says, it's time for you to go, son. Jesus left heaven. Not my will, but thine be done. Jesus left the splendors of heaven, and he came to this earth. He chose a direction. When he came here, he loved us, we who are sinners, because we were his own. He came into his own, and his own received him not. You see, he became devoted. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets. You see, his direction led to his devotion. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And his direction and his devotion led him to his destination. Jesus hung on this cross. He gave his life all because his direction was set. Here's the question this morning. What direction are you heading? Where are you at today? Where are you living? If you know you're in something or you're a part of something, it's not only affecting you. Have the morals gone out the window? Do you care about your friends? Do you care about your family? Do you care about your children? Let's bow our heads this morning. It is certainly true, as somebody said, that our direction will skew our devotion. And it's going to determine our destination. There are winds that are blowing today. And they want to blow you in the wrong direction. I hope you want to go God's way. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you bless this invitation. And I know that it's been rather quiet here this morning. It's not the most fascinating portion of the Word of God to speak about. I think it hits almost everybody in this auditorium this morning. Because we all are heading in, in some direction. We're all devoted to something or someone. And it's for sure we're all going to end up somewhere someday. And if there's someone here this morning that does not know Christ, He came to give them life and to give them more abundantly. I pray today that they would come and receive the gift of God. Or if there's someone that maybe is caught up in something, I pray this morning that they would realize your love for them. There's a church here that I believe is your people that love people, sinners, just like we are. And I pray that you bless this invitation.
Lord, may we do whatever it is that you've spoken to us about. In Jesus' name we pray.